Hello, everyone. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. My conversation with Bernard McClaverty. Ah, what a fun, interesting guy. Uh, that's up there now. Great Irish author. We talked about all kinds of interesting things about his seeing his work made into films and television and how you're always writing. You're always writing. So check it out at authormagazine.org. And we're funded by the good people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. You can learn more about the PNWA at pnwa.org. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, had a good conversation with today's guest, Erica Forensic. Uh, Erica uh, is an award-winning novelist who writes adventure stories featuring women who are not only brave, uh, braving internal struggles, but face extreme challenges in their environment, remote forests, steaming jungles, and desolate ice scapes. To research the river at night, Into the Jungle, and her new thriller, and it's a good one, Girl in Ice... She ventured deep into the remote forests of the Allagash Territory in northern Maine, rafted the Amazon River in the jungles of Peru, and explored the desolate iceberg-packed fjords of Greenland. She is a graduate of the MFA program in creative writing at Boston University, and her work has appeared in Salon and the Boston Globe, as well as National Public Radio. Great conversation about all the dues she's paid, the things she's learned. What a nice woman. What a nice conversation, and I'm glad I get to share it with you now. Enjoy. Well, Erica, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Bill. It's a delight to be here. Yeah, listen, first of all, congrats on book number three, novel number three. Um, yep. We're recording this the day before pub date. Yes. Um, when people listen to this, it will have already been out for about a week or for a week mm -hmm. exactly. So how do you feel on the eve of your, like, what is that like for you now having done this, become a bit of a veteran? A bit of a veteran, but I'm still terrified and excited. And I want to clone myself because <laughs> I don't know, as hard as I prepare, it just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'll be right up until the launch party getting my act together. So. But so, I'm very happy. Very happy. Are you yeah. are you doing so you're doing a live event? Oh yeah, isn't that exciting? I mean, I am so grateful for that. You just yeah. have no idea. The oh. people will probably have to wear masks, but um, you know, I what a miracle, right? I know. I published a book last June and oh. uh you write in the teeth of it. So, you know, it was a Zoom event. It was well attended. There were my family who lives on the East Coast got to attend, which was nice, oh, okay. you know. But yeah. It ain't the same. <laughs> and for you, I should say, so what, what's interesting about you is you have a very uh, um, broad and interesting creative background. Uh, you are not someone afraid of the stage, I take it. Um, because although you have an MFA in creative writing, you have a background, you have some stand-up, you have sketch comedy, you have journal. So let's talk me through this. Um, did you go straight from undergraduate to MFA? I went, well, I was um, a painting major. I was a fine artist. Oh, and I, um, yeah, I had exhibits and it was really, I loved it. And yeah. um, that was my undergrad. And then I, around age 26, 
I literally woke up and I just lost interest in fine arts, uh, you know, painting and visual arts. And I wanted to be a writer. Now that said, I had been writing, you know, all my life. Right. Uh, but um, it was interesting. I was listening to Jason Mott and he was talking. Oh yeah, about, I just interviewed Jason. Right. And he was, yeah. it was I love the way he said it. He uh, said something about, he read something, I forgot what he, what, what he read, but it, it made him feel something. And his goal after that became once wanting to make other people feel yeah. that way. And that's just such a much more articulate way of saying, what I guess I'm trying to say, and that is I couldn't, I stopped being able to express what I wanted to express with pain. I couldn't. And, and so I went right yeah. to writing and I became very serious. You know, I I wrote some bad books. I couldn't get an agent. Uh, around 30, went to graduate school, got my master's in creative writing, still couldn't publish a book, got frustrated, started doing stand-up because it's like, it's like, uh, it's this, it's instant publication right away. You know. Right. Yeah. Oh, I understand. They're not completely. funny. Completely. <laughs> I did sketch. Con you know, when I was trying to yeah. write poetry and short stories and stuff when I was in my early 20s, I got very frustrated. I was like, my brother and I just started putting up a sketch comedy show because it was like, oh, that's great. You know, yeah. like they will just stand on stage and if people want to come, they can come and we'll, you know, yeah. and they can laugh or not. It was just it's I was sick of the gatekeepery, that whole thing. Yes, I just wanted to do my thing. thing. You know? And it was great. I mean, it's terrifying, but right, it's great. Yeah. I mean, never underestimate a comedian, right? No, no. In fact, a stand-up, I didn't do stand-up. I was scared. Because I felt like at least with sketch comedy, it was a theater. People sat down, the lights went yeah. off, everybody shut up. But stand-up, that's a whole different environment. So that yeah. I, I always thought you're, you're, very brave. You're right. I mean, because I think with sketch comedy, well... I just say people are a little kinder, but well, <laughs> I mean, well, it can be. Yeah, generally, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that for 10 years. But as I was doing that, I was getting into screenwriting, wrote a dozen screenplays. Wow. So, oh, man, you paid your dues, Erica. 35 Good. years of, of this. Went back and forth to LA, couldn't get anything done with the director of development of her film company, read, read a thousand scripts, picked right. a few, tried to get them going, didn't happen. Then I was like, I don't want to be a screenwriter. However, with screenwriting, that's where I learned structure. Right. I was stubborn right. about structure before I right. um, started writing screenplays. Then I realized about myself that I'm not a collaborative person. <laughs> that's very good to know. <laughs> you know, and I yeah. really missed novels and I went back to them. And, you know, then there was a long period of writing essays and selling those. And that was fun, but it wasn't that satisfying, really. And then um, I finally wrote something that was an intersection of what I was able to produce and what the world wanted. Yeah. And well, which is, yeah, you know, I always think about it as like the world wants everything. I always, you know, yeah, I always feel that's like, true. you know, think, cause think about, cause I was working, I worked yeah. in Hollywood briefly and, cool. um, and I thought I was going to be a screenwriter. So I was down there working for Roger Corman doing the, remember Roger Corman? I was a runner-up in one of his screenplay contests. Oh, really? Oh, like geez. 20 years ago. Well, about script, 30 yeah. years ago, I was yeah. down there reading scripts for Roger Corman. And well, when you're reading you scripts for script. Roger, I might have read it. I might have read it. It was in, actually, it was 89. I think I was down there. And some yeah. of the stuff, I mean, Corman, for those our listeners don't know, he's the B-movie king of Hollywood, or was, yeah. and, right? Yeah. And a lot yeah. of the scripts, I mean, this is stuff, I was reading the stuff that he wasn't taking. And so consider <laughs> what that was like. 
But I was amazed. There were people like, yeah, it's pretty good. And I was like, wow, I don't understand. You know, no, so it's not good. It's yeah. not, but they made it sometimes. So, but in other words, yeah. if you look at going to a bookstore, there's all kinds of stuff, you know, everything. But I think, but you have to rest, like you have got to find the thing that turns you on when you write it, right? Because- it's, if it doesn't, what's the point? Well, not only what's the, absolutely, not only what's the point, but you're dedicating, I mean, girl and I, the four years of nonstop oh, work. Yeah. I, I mean, I went to Greenland. I read a couple dozen books about Greenland. I studied linguistics, uh, yeah. you know, everything to bring this thing to life. So, and, and not only do you have to do that, you have to continue to be passionate about it after publication so that you can convince other people Yes. How great it is. Yes. You know, you can't you can't be flagging and saying, Oh, I'm tired today. Well, no, now you gotta go be the, push the way my flag. book, you know. <laughs> so I want I listen, this is a really good book, and it's an interesting book. Thank um you. because I mean I guess it gets shelved in yeah. suspense. I mean, is that what they're or what how were they shelving it? Good question. Well, I mean it's different. It's it not a, it's 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 the, the protagonist, I mean, it's interesting because she's like a detective in that she, linguistic detective, you know. Right, right. Right, and, but she is not your prototypical protagonist of a suspenseful story because she's crippled yeah. by anxiety. Well, Girl and Ice, I will just say quickly what it's about. Yeah. Girl and right. Ice is about an American linguist who is tasked to go to a very remote climate research center off the coast of Greenland, where a girl, a young girl, has thawed from a glacier alive, speaking a language no one understands. And so, and that's the mystery element. I think the thriller element is eight months previous. Her twin brother, Andy, who is a climate scientist and was at this very same research station, walked out in the middle of the night, 50 degrees below zero and froze to death. Now, this was a depressed person, depressed about climate change and other things. So the immediate thought is he took his life, but she's not so sure. Right. She's also has a, um, an anxiety disorder. So she's, yeah. she has to make this decision. But when she learns about the girl, something clicks in her because for the first time in her life, she feels like her ability with languages is actually going to help a living human being survives. So I think that really pushes her to make. Oh, decision. it's such a great, it's such a great premise and so well done. And, um, and man, you know, you did your, you did your research, my dear. I, can, I mean, that you, do you, you must like, you got to like it, right? You got to like the travel and well, the, I mean, do, does it, I does love, that I love the you? I'm no, I'm no martyr. I don't suffer. I, I, <laughs> it's a I great excuse. Tough, you know, and I, went to Greenland and to do the research, but, um, you know, I never, I never go on these trips without the story is the most important thing. I'm, I'm writing something to take you out of your world. Right. Out of this crazy world for several hours. Right. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, it's like a gift, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah. You do the same thing. You're like, I want to give this is look, I'm a bad cook. You know, I don't have. This is what you can give people. Yeah, I don't have children of my own. Right. That's what I'm. You know, the best dad, I suppose. And here it is. Like, you know how you feel. Maybe you feel the same. Like, I do. I don't know. Are you a bad? You're a good cook. I'm. How do you know? I'm an okay cook. (laughs) 
I could, I'm an okay cook. I, yeah, I do I some so. things I well. Get that yeah. I could do some things well, but I, 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 I love, there's something about sort of the control. Like I actually, when I did sketch comedy, I liked working with people, but there was something about the, like I tried writing with people. I tried writing with my wife once. That was a dis- Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't do it. I, I want <laughs> the, I got to hear what I think I want to say. Like, I want to hear myself. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't understand collaboration. <laughs> but I did mean, you watch Get Back? I mean, I love the Beatles no. and that was so collaborative what they were really? doing. Well, the, oh, is, yeah. that a, is that music or a book? Get Back is that huge documentary that peter jackson just made on disney oh. i haven't watched it but i've watched clips mm-hmm. of it where it's it's showing the beatles making let it be the album oh and well, it's that's and music it, too i mean music that's a yeah I, music, music is another passion of mine so they're yeah. very collaborative you know very collaborative yeah no but i feel don't, like no you don't play you, you don't play with personal, others much more personal no yeah. i don't and um i well listen you know i guess if i I'd be singing a different tune if I'd actually sold a screenplay. I love writing. <laughs> right. Well, you know, but I did not. And so, you know, it's- this probably suits you. Although I will say if only they were Scandinavian, this would be a Netflix miniseries in a heartbeat. I feel like this is yeah, the kind of well, thing I find myself watching these, these miniseries. I feel like this is, this could maybe hey, no limited, limited, right? That's what, yeah. Like these six series things, you know, that yeah. they do. Hey, if, if they came to you, if Netflix came to you and said, we want to do a, because uh, you know, Harlan Coben just sold about fourteen of these things to some British company. He's got all over Netflix. I don't know. All his books are being turned into these miniseries. If they no came to you and said, "Still available," <laughs> yeah. If they said we want to make this into a miniseries, would you say okay? Yeah. No. Would I you write it? Know. I I don't. So for my debut novel, The River at Night, Miramax optioned that. And, oh, they did. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now. Yeah, that I know. option ran I know. out. Unfortunately. It was all COVID, heavy COVID time. I don't know what really happened, but right. Um, you know, I don't insist on writing this screenplay. I think that most companies want you to just get out of the way and have their own stable of people write the screenplay. Usually, you know, usually, usually. Yeah. But I mean, I I would love to have something to do with it. Yeah, I feel like I could contribute a great deal. I, like it, I mean, it's I in really your future. Talk. I think it's in your right. future. I think something oh, like that. Thank you. I just feel like it. Yeah. So, okay. So your, um, I, so what, what is your favorite part about when the book actually comes out? I know you love writing it. I'm sure I assume you love writing it with all the struggles and difficulties one goes through, yeah. but what's your favorite part of for the next couple of weeks? What do you, what aspect of it do you look forward to? If anything, besides talking to me. <laughs> I like, um, there, Honestly, I like just very personal reactions, positive reactions. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, a nice email, a nice, yeah. a nice personal, because if you look for any big shiny sparkly thing, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just silly. And yeah. if I hear like from someone, it's like, wow, this really made my day or took me away from a very difficult part of my life to just escape and I was into the story and I love stuff like that because I have learned this is not my first rodeo that you know it's great publishing a book but um, the real magic is when you're deeply into the book and it's going well (laughs) no you know I it's you know I'm sure some of our listeners are people trying to publish their first book and they may not want to hear that but 
it's the truth because publishing a book is kind of I always say ephemeral in a way it's like well oh did anything tomorrow, just happen? It's like being like it's being and then no it's um, not like it's not like see the nice thing about stand-up comedy and theater is like when it happens it's happening and people right. are applauding <laughs> and it's like a thing and you're like and then and you then, go and you have a drink and it's over with writing right. it's like it's, it's published right like it, it oh there it is in the, okay but nothing there's no kaboom there's no, there's no, there's no grand sound, you know. Oh, nothing. There's nothing no, physical. And there's no explosion of like unicorns and flowers and no. Tweety birds and no, you know, it, nothing. it's like it's. Um, I'm actually really glad. Like I gave birth and I'm like it's out of me. Right. It's like run along. But that's what it's like. It's like it's. I, I always think it's like a child is like it goes out and has relationships with people and they form their own relationship with it yep. and you hear back. How's it doing? Oh, it's doing oh, well at school, yeah, making friends. He's doing at school, he's a yeah. freshman in college. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and uh, so that's that's really great. Um, but I, I was thinking of a quote um, Stephen King said, um, and it's it's kind of politically incorrect, but uh, it's a dated quote, so please right. bear with me. But someone asked him, "How do you feel when you when you when a book comes out?" And he said, I feel like I'm naked and I'm running between two bands of Indians holding their tomahawks ready to throw them at my head. Oh, he feels that because, exposed. Because you are exposed. You're completely Well, you exposed. can't do it. It's over. You can't do it. You've done all you can. And now but people get to think whatever right. they want. Whatever they say they whatever want, they want. Whatever they say. But yeah. it's it's weird. I have a weird disconnect, though, because I I really care about what people think. On the other hand, we all know ever have so much emotional energy right like how can yeah. i expend it um it's really emotionally healthy to move on right oh I, you know jason you know? speaking of jason mott he yeah. i believe and i'm i'm totally in this camp he doesn't read his reviews i think he was the one who's professor so yeah. don't read them and he doesn't and i and i mm -hmm. i think it, i think getting letters is great if people want to tell you yeah. how much your book meant to you but mm -hmm. i have a theory it's not even a theory that this is now a firm belief that in our mm -hmm. core erica mm -hmm. we yes. authors do yeah. not actually care what anyone thinks of our stuff and here's why <laughs> i think that's true here's why i think it's true because it when true. you're in the zone and you know the zone right the zone. so so nice i miss it of Very course nice. and you're gonna get in it again when you write your yeah, next okay. book all right the Thank last you. thought you ever have is what anyone will think of it. That happens afterwards. But when because you're actually- you have that thought, you're not doing your best work. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Right. I wrote a whole yeah. book based on that. And that is why, because yes. you, you can't love, you can't stop loving what you love just because someone else doesn't love it. Right? Right. So yeah. at our core, I think we don't actually care, even though we, you know, we, we want the reviews and all that, but mm. in, in our hearts, we're going to do what we do anyway. Does that make sense? No, I wrote, I just wrote a piece called- um, 11, what's it called? 11 hard-earned lessons from a cranky old novelist. <laughs> and my, and oh, my I publisher, like it. My publisher didn't say, you're not cranky, you're not old. I'm like, Dude, yeah, I am both. But anyway, <laughs> can't do that in today's society. Can't be old, can't be cranky. So, but it's like, one of them is like, you know, I talked about how to deal with reviews, how to deal with, uh, you know, beta reader feedback, things like that. Um, but I think you got to hold on to this this core of yourself that that little kernel that's like yeah. kryptonite hard that is what got you in trouble in the first place right that believes <laughs> that you have something to say believes yeah. that you have something of value to offer yes. to the reader and if you don't believe that you're not 
You're in no. the wrong business. Value you is- You have to believe that. Yeah, I, and value is the exact word I use. I think it's, what do you value? I See, the thing is, I think yeah. that when I was younger, the mistake I Although made- I want to think of a better word. <laughs> no, it's, it's a great like, one. It's a good-, good Oh, I, okay. Well, this is what I, I, this is my take on it. When I was a younger writer struggling, I yeah. looked for publication to tell me I was valuable, to tell oh, me, yeah. right? And what when it changed was I said to myself, what do you value that you want to share with people? Don't mm. look to the world to tell you you're valuable. Ask yourself what you value. And as soon as I asked myself that question, it all started changing for me. And I oh, think, that's, that's great. Right? Does that make sense? In other yeah. words, I wanted people to tell me you're good enough. You're, you know, and we all. I know, I know. Right? You but do. You're you so hungry for some. Of God, uh, yeah, of proof. And I still am. Let's face it, we love Are it. You? But <laughs> I mean, well, no, I mean, we we love to hear the good stuff. But I think that oh, I forgot what I was going to say. You, here's the thing. I, yeah. Do you really? I don't. In your heart, don't you know what you can do? Don't you know yeah. what you? Oh, I know. You know. I know what I can do. I mean, you know. I, I believe we should follow our fascinations. Yes. Yes. Need to, if the, you know, I was, I was listening. I like to, that fascinations. I like so that. I, yeah, yeah. For my launch tomorrow, I'm going to talk about the five fascinations that led to girl and I Oh, I like it. Them. Yeah. But I was listening to, to Werner Herzog, who was a hero. Of oh mine. yeah. 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 And his, yeah. his amazing, um, him and Guillermo del Toro. Yes, yeah, slow yeah. Slow down and say that. Um, <laughs> his Pan's Labyrinth. I haven't seen his latest movie, but all this sort of visceral stuff. Yeah. Um, but Bernhardt said there was a student, I went to a talk of his, there was a student who said, how do I basically be you, Bernhardt? Uh, yeah. You know, and he's like, same reaction. And he's like, go out into the world. Yeah. Like, Go out into the world. What are you interested in? What are you passionate about? That's right. You like bees. You like you like airplane. What do what's making you crazy right now? Yeah. Amen. And you follow it and you get on a plane or whatever you have to do. I heard that. I was like, okay, dude. I I I mean, if we would just do that, you would be amazed. That's it's the whole thing. I firmly believe that curiosity is your portal to intelligence and genius right. is just curiosity that's been indulged. That's what we call genius. Oh, I like that. In, indulged curiosity. You know, all these kids on the spectrum indulge their curiosity. My son's on the spectrum. And, oh. you know, they indulge this to the point where they, yeah, they take the time. They take the time to really look at that insect. They, and say, they get interested and they don't want to let that. it go. That's right. And so you've got to be willing. And you know what it is also, Erica? It's impolite. In a way, because you're just saying, yeah. I'm interested in this and I don't really give a damn whether you are or not. I'm going to yeah. follow this to the point where you're going to spend four years researching it, thinking about it, that it and, right. you know, until you've got something that you can share with other people. Right? But I mean, I do know, I keep in mind my responsibility to the reader. Like I'm writing about this girl comes back to life, yeah. uh, frozen, thaws out. And I tried to, and I said, okay, I'm going to write this in such a way that I, I convince myself. <laughs> You know, yes. if I don't convince yes. myself, yes. I'm, yep. yeah, I'm not going to convince anyone else. No, but um, the, so the five fascinations quickly. That yeah, yeah, let me hear for this book. Um, so there's a scene in a very old Frankenstein movie. Yeah, and um, it's black and white, and yeah. it's at the end of the movie, and he's bloody, and he's hunted, and he's turned against humanity, and he's stumbling Hang into. On. Good lord! There's a 
Okay. You know, could you hear that fire engine going by? Sorry, go ahead. The That's of, okay. No. End of, so, so it's end of Frankenstein. He's bloodied. He's hunted. End of Frank. He's bloody. He's hunted. He's being, you know, chased by people and he's stumbling into this Arctic wilderness. There's a blizzard and yeah. his, his blocky black silhouette is being swallowed by this blizzard. And I, that's the first fascination. I, I was like, that is a devastating image. Right. Yeah. And I'm still trying to parse why, you know, obviously a PhD thesis have been written about right. Frankenstein. I'm not going to go into that, but I think for me, it was our inhumanity to our human variety. Right. And, right. Um, but he did make that choice, you know, he's yep. like, as frightened as he may have been, he's turning into the Arctic. And then I was actually the first time I'd ever really seen, we're talking like a long time ago when I was a teenager, right. that understood that there's a place in the world where it's just snow and ice. Right, and that so fascinated Arctic, you. Yeah, right. but the, the spark for the story, I was walking behind my house, I have woods back here, and there's a pond, it was winter of 2018, and I saw three juvenile painted turtles, and they were frozen mid-stroke and and i thought well wow. they don't look alive but they don't look dead either right so i see dead. okay so this so another that started region, right? that started. okay so i ran home and i googled like things you know creatures that could freeze and thaw it alive and turns out there are a number of creatures i didn't know that certain alligators oh wow uh, certain beetles caterpillars Arctic char can do it. They possess a certain cryoprotein that we don't possess because when you freeze a cell, you destroy it because think of an ice cube, how sharp it is. Literally, that's what. Oh, interesting. Science behind it. Okay. But um, don't ask me. Well, that I I was like, well, how about human embryos? Well, they're they're blastocytes. They're only 120 cells. So they have figured out how to do that. Very, very, very small scale. They figured it out. But so there was, that was a spark. Um, I also love being on the edge of the real and the not real, not, not unreal to like alien level. Right. right. No, no, no trashing aliens or anything. Like right. That. But the edge you of know, the known, the, the edge, edge of the known and, and, yeah. you know, and then, and, and then science and language uh, and the Arctic setting. And then I was like, okay, now I, I know what I'm going to do. And then I had to do it and the rest of it. And then COVID happened. Yeah, but you see, listen, listen, listeners. What are you fascinated by? I, I can't, I've been saying this. This is the drum yep. I beat and I, and I will beat forever. Like you can't, and you know what the problem, I think why people have trouble with this is that there's the thing they're fascinated by is so common to them. They can't believe it's valuable uh, sometimes. Like yeah, it's just yeah. what I've always been interested in. You mean mm-hmm. like that's the pot of gold I'm sitting on? Yeah, mm-hmm. the pot of gold well, is, is what is. fascinates you. Well, it's what fascinates you plus you. Plus and your plus attention. your take on it. And yeah. also, yeah. frankly, there is a skill element. But learn, I think skill learn, comes. Learn, learn. Yeah, you got it. But I think skill comes quicker if you are passionate about the thing you want to articulate. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to get this. I got to yep. get this. You well, need to read read Bill Knauer's books. Yes, read my to, books, of course. <laughs> you need to take Bill uh, Robert McKee's story seminar. Yeah, he's very good. Life. Yeah. Um, I and you need to just love being alone. I mean, if you don't yeah. love it, 
Yeah. And, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Oh, it sure is. And read you know, Erica's this is the sexy part. This is, I'm talking to Bill Canara. That's right. Woo, this That's happens every four and a half years. You know, <laughs> the rest of it is just grinding and, you know, like getting into your studio, whatever that might be. And, yep. You know, um, well, I, it's, you know, yeah. You, well, you're doing good. I, it's really, it's a great book. Uh, and so I encourage you all to buy it. It's now available where all the fine books are sold. Uh, so they should go to, is it uh, ericaforensic.com? ericaforensic.com, E-R-I-C-A, forensic, F as in Frank, E-R-E-N as in Nancy, C-I-K. Yeah, forensic. The, girl, the, the book is Girl in Ice. Yep, it's a good one. It's a good one. Everywhere. I'm not quite done with you, Erica. What I want okay. to do is finish this sentence. Uh, all, if writing, all the writing, comedy, screenplays, novels, essays, if, all, if writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Persistence. Yeah. To be well, you've persistent. You've been persistent, haven't you? And to, to be, and to accept yourself at every level. You're a different writer in your 20s than you are in your 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond. You need all those experiences to, I mean, I'm not, I I was really terrible to myself. Yeah. Yeah. I was mean to myself. Well, what a waste of time that was, you know, and there are certain words I want to get rid of like success. I hate that word. Amen. Get good. I mean, are you successful right now? Please. I mean, I know. Definition of success should change daily if you needed to. Yes. You know, you 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 made a deadline. You wrote a great line of dialogue. You learned something incredible about maybe structure. Yeah. That's a successful day. We all got to live our lives. That's where story comes from. It doesn't come from a vacuum. You know, it comes from holding your grandmother's hand while she's dying, or right. you know, some weird thing that happened to you in the park, or. Yeah, take Good a deep stuff. breath, people. Take a deep breath and love, love yourself. Seriously, that's right. Love, love, love yourself. That's, that's really right. It. Oh, listen to Erica. She knows what she's talking about. She knows what she's talking about. Erica, thank you I'm, so much. This was a lot of fun. So welcome, Bill. All right. Yeah, love yourself, huh? Yeah. Do I even need to tell you what I think about that? If you've been listening to this show, I don't. <laughs> I don't. But you got to do it. Be nice to yourself. You're not going to whip yourself into being a good writer. You're not going to criticize yourself. Into- I tried, believe me. Oh, oh, boy. Doesn't work. Kindness, compassion is all that works. Indeedy do. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I'll be back again next week with another guest. I want to thank my producer, RJ Jeffries. To all of you out there, go find something you love to do. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. There's nothing kinder than finding something you love to do and doing it.